Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now, enjoy this free jazelmodcast show. Flashback Fridays. I'm here, Rob, with 
<laughs> You're here, Rob. I'm here, Rob. With there's a lot of commas in that sentence. There, yeah, <laughs> punctuation's not your big strong suit for today, is it, there, pal? <laughs> I have a speech impediment. It's called speaking. <laughs> uh, myself, Rob. I am here. Hey, with Mike. There we go. <laughs> Holy crap! That was painful. <laughs> ah, Thirty seconds of pain. Uh, Thirty second introduction for two people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. And so we got no. Nothing worthwhile going on between the two of us that should have been, hi, I'm Mike, I'm Rob, and mm-hmm. done, and we get right back into it. But now, no, no. you try to get creative. <laughs> I should have known better. Yeah. Uh, you'd think after all this stuff I would learn, but no, I keep banging my head against the wall. See that pen you're clicking in the mic there? No. Stop it. <laughs> Can't help it. Uh. <laughs> okay, we're off for another episode of Flashback Fridays. And our first one is from Reaper Rick's Tree Farm. Wow, we're getting right into it. We are. We just jump right into it. Wow. I said, okay. I said, if you don't want to banter anymore. Banter? Okay, let's banter. Okay. That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe we should get into the episode. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, number nine. (sighs) Yes. we got to work on our bantering. Yeah, I think. Uh, number nine is about spirits. Oh. And I first jumped on this one thinking, yes, alcohol. That's what I was thinking, too. Nah, no, ghosts. Ah. Rick returns this week in a rather dark mood and talks about spirits. Whoa. He ponders if they are real and almost, what life is like after death. almost dropped my coffee on my laptop. Well, technically, it wouldn't be life after death because it death takes away life. Life after death? Right. Second life. No, 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 no. Death takes away life. But this is the life that you live after you've died this one. Then it's technically not life. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah. How do you know? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I see. (laughs) But I'm just being... Con- uh, Confrontational? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking contradictory, but <laughs> hey, that's a good one too. My my brain worker stopped. Yes. The, the the word making thing of my brain. Little guy at the desk in your brain's going, I don't know. It's <laughs> my break, man. I don't know what he's trying to say. <laughs> There's so many words. <laughs> I'm in the C drawer. I can't say that one. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what you're doing. That's the worst part about this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He ponders if they're real and what life is like after death, then examines the entire phenomenon in a scientific point of view. Hmm. I think I might like this. I think so, too. All righty. Well, let's hear what he's got to say. This is Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe. No. Is it? Yeah. See? Reaper, Rick's, Tree Frog, Expose, Cafe. Oh, okay, never mind. I can't mix that I can't, I can barely. Oh, no, no. Just hit play. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and welcome back, everyone. I am Reaper Rick, and you are not. Well, we're not, uh, not going to have any news tonight, uh, news is disgusting but uh, what I would like to talk about tonight is spirits spirits of the afterlife are there spirits when I was younger I had no idea 
what uh, might await us when we die. Didn't believe in heaven. I wasn't really a Christian, so uh, there wasn't that. I kind of liked the idea of Valhalla. You know, all you do is eat and drink, have sex and fight for eternity. Doesn't sound too bad. But the point is, no one really, really knows what happens to us after we die. But in the past ten years or so, there has certainly been a lot of evidence produced that would strongly suggest there is something after death. All these shows that uh, indicate spirit presences from EVPs to full-bodied apparitions, shadow people, I've even seen ghost pets, dogs and cats. At least that's what they report them to be, and it certainly looks like it. But the thing that bugs me about most of those shows is that even when they get hold of a spirit who is talking to them intelligently, answering questions, they don't ask pertinent questions. What is your name? What year is it? Can you tell me what street this house is on? Oh, come on. Who gives a shit? Why don't you ask him important questions like, What the fuck happens to you after you die? Where do you go? Do you see a long tunnel with a bright light at the end of it? You know, are there, are there spirits standing along the, the tunnel trying to sell you things as you head down toward the light? They're making fun of you because you're a newbie? I don't know. Nobody has ever asked a spirit, you know, did you see God? Is there a God? What, what is there after death? That's what we want to know, for Christ's sake don't want to know what color your fucking pants are. Good lord. So, what is there? <sighs> don't know. But, someday soon I may find out. And, You know, that's the, the, the last big challenge that we face. You know, is there something after death? And, and what are we going to do after we die? According to all of these uh, 
ghost finding shows and everything. I mean, there are obviously hundreds, if not thousands, of spirits roaming around places, but certainly not enough spirits to account for all of the people who have died over the years. So, what happens to the other ones? What happens to the spirits that don't stay earthbound? Are there spirits that don't stay earthbound? What happens afterwards? Don't know. Why do some spirits even stick around? Um, you know, according to many of the ghost shows, not all spirits that stay earthbound are evil. Some just stay because they apparently like the place where they died. But who, who says spirit can stay or can't stay? You know, I, I believe in, in spirits. Uh, there's just too much evidence to disprove their existence. So I wonder do you have a choice? You know, when you die, do you have a choice to stay here? Or do you have to go somewhere? Do the spirits who stay here, are they rebelling against the status quo of spirits? I would like to think that uh, if I wanted to stay earthbound, you know, if it was a choice, I'd like to stick around maybe for a while and see what things are like when you're gone. So anyway... If uh, any of the listeners out there would like me to stop by after I'm gone and say hello, uh, just uh, leave me a message here, and I'll see what I can do about it. You know, on the Jasmine site, there uh, there's a comment section, so. If anybody wants to leave me a message uh, requesting an appearance after I'm gone, just, you know, stop by and uh, leave your name. Don't need an address. Shouldn't need an address. Just uh, 
let me know who you are, and I'll try to stop by and say hello when I reach the other side. That should be fun. You know, there's also those uh, shows that have the mediums on them who claim they can speak to deceased relatives or friends or whatever. I've never seen one of those people, those mediums, never seen them ask important questions either. No. And when you have a, an intelligent spirit conversation, spirit who will answer questions, Never ask, what is on the other side? What is there? Who is there? <sighs> almost like a conspiracy. But we'll all find out eventually. One way or the other. All right, well, enough of that crap. Um, I'm going to mention a couple of uh, interesting television shows that are available now just because I like them. Uh, something that uh, just recently started was the uh, Robot Combat League. When I first heard that was coming out, I, I thought, well, what the hell is that? Is it going to be like a, a big rock'em sock'em robot kind of game? Turns out it actually is. Uh, they have eight foot tall robots that weigh about 750 pounds apiece. And two people control each robot. One person sits in a chair and controls the movement of the robot back and forth and side to side. Then you have somebody else that is wearing one of these contraptions where you know, when you move your arm or hand, the robot moves its arms and hands. Well, the hands not so much because they're big fists. But anyway, one person controls the punching action of the robot and the other person controls the foot action of the robot. And it's actually an interesting an interesting concept and these two robots go at it and it is just like a giant rock and sock robot kind of game, you know. They punch at each other and punch at each other until um, something breaks on one of the robots and then they have to uh, fix it and I think they have like three two-minute rounds or something Anyway, it's kind of a funny show, but uh, it's interesting, especially if you're a robot geek. But uh, anyway, you might, might want to check that out. I think it's on the Sci-Fi Channel. Another interesting show, and I like this because I'm interested in, in history and archaeology, is a show called America Unearthed. And they 
forensic geologist is going all over the country investigating sites that are considered pre-Columbian, and that just means sites that uh, are before Columbus discovered America, which, you know, is Columbus did not discover America, okay? Columbus discovered first time. He discovered basically Haiti and Santo Domingo. Um, the other time when he came out, he discovered some other Caribbean islands. And then he went down to South America. America was discovered by a guy named Giuseppe Americas, which is why we're called, you know, it's called America, because it was named after him. If Columbus had discovered America, it would be called Columbuso, Columbusville, something. Anyway, this forensic geologist goes around like uh, the American Stonehenge in uh, New Hampshire. And he examines these, these places, tries to find out how old they are, tries to find out who built them and why. And if you're interested at all in early cultures and uh, history, this is really cool because it has basically shown that all over the country there are sites where Europeans, Celts sometimes, have they found sites where people, Europeans, have come to the United States hundreds of years before Columbus. We already know that the Vikings were in uh, Nova Scotia area thousand years before Columbus. Oops, I'm sorry. Thousand AD, which is almost 500 years before Columbus, but this show has proven that uh, people were here long before the Vikings, even. So that's a cool show. That's on uh, H2, the History 2 channel, if you're all interested. Check it out. It's cool. One of the many things that this forensic geologist discovered at the American Stonehenge was that uh, whoever built it had set large rocks up, which coincided with both the summer and winter solstices, as well as the spring and autumn. And interestingly enough, the uh, setting for the summer solstice sunrise is in a direct line with the English Stonehenge sunrise on the summer solstice. 
And something that uh, has always bothered me with uh, primitive people all over the world, they have discovered similar structures, stone structures, which designate the summer solstice or the winter solstice um, and the equinoxes. You know, and some of these structures are thousands of miles apart and sometimes thousands of years apart in history. And something I've always wondered about is how did these primitive people know when these solstices would occur? Because everyone had a different calendar and they were usually different. Some societies, civilizations had 13 months in their year, um, different days, different, different everything, and yet they all figured out somehow the exact day of the solstices and the equinoxes, equinoxes, equinoxi, I don't know, <clears throat> how were they able to do that, especially this in, the, in the, you know, the, the northern hemisphere, it's usually still quite chilly. spring equinox arrives and it's frequently cloudy and yet all of these primitive people were able to discover which day the solstice would come how, how could they know that? There, there is no way all these different civilizations all over the world could have found by sheer luck the two solstices to equinoxes. So, unless <clears throat> someone told them, that's entirely possible, I suppose, if someone was traveling around the world and informing all these different groups of people 
exactly when the day was. But they would need a very accurate calendar, especially considering that periodically the uh, solstices and equinoxes arrive on different days. This year, the uh, spring equinox is coming a day earlier than usual. It's on March 20th this year instead of the 21st, where it usually is. I suppose that uh, in the general scheme of things, one day off wouldn't be that much of a problem when you're worrying about when to plant your seeds and whatnot for the coming harvest. But uh, even so, how did they do this with basically poor rudimentary knowledge of the stars. I still don't understand how that could have been done unless a more intelligent race of people or creatures informed all of these different civilizations when the sun would rise on the solstice. So, who could have done that? Who could have told all these different civilizations then what to do. Well, of course, the ancient astronaut theorists theorists believe they have the answer and that aliens came down from the sky and informed our ancestors about such things as astronomy and architecture. Perhaps how to plant and grow food. I don't know. There's, there's so much that we do not know about our own history. You know, I've always thought that uh, historians did not give our ancient ancestors enough credit for the intelligence they could have, could have possessed. There are many things that 
ancient man was able to do that sometimes I just feel that uh, we assume that ancient man was primitive and less intelligent than modern man is. But considering what ancient man was able to accomplish, it well it makes you makes you wonder what was really going on back then. We may know someday what was really going on, you know, thousands of years ago. It seems like uh, every year new discoveries uh, tell us more, but every year they seem to discover things that are even more bizarre and more curious. So, I wonder if when we die we find out the answers to all of these questions. I guess if you go somewhere where you have quadrillion souls, Somebody would have to know something. I mean, what happens to our spirit? I mean, is it... You go and... Your spirit for eternity. I mean, does everybody die? Go someplace and uh, stays there forever? Are we going to run into cavemen and ancient Phoenicians and Sumerians and people who were there, Egyptians, people who built the pyramids. Are we going to find out what they were really for, who really built them, why? Well, that's another curious thought, isn't it? Perhaps when we die, you will find out all of these secrets. Hmm. Never know. Won't know until we get there. Well, That's just one more question of the thousands or so that need to be answered. And if there are spirits of dogs and cats roaming the spirit world, I guess that means animals have souls. Or at least spirits 
manifest after they're dead and stick around for who knows how long. So perhaps people are not that special after all. If animals have souls or spirits, why do we kill them? Just to eat their flesh. That's something that is bothered me more and more as I get older too. I've been a vegetarian for over 40 years, but I just, I, I can't see how people can willingly destroy another creature, a creature who has a brain, who can think, have feelings, who show love. I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Why? People think they are so much better than every other living thing on this planet. If we were so much better than every other living thing, then you would think by now we would have discovered that we share this planet with all the other living things on it. not dominion. We do not have dominion over the earth. We are merely visitors here. And when you all fucking die, you all find out the answers to everything. But anyway, talking about that stuff is just depressing to me, so get back to the spirit world for a bit here. You know, in uh, England and Europe, they've discovered spirits who have been hanging around castles and such for hundreds of years. Um, so, spirits decide how long they hang out in a certain place or how long they stay earthbound does it matter to them does it matter to anyone who might conceivably have control of the spirit realm the uh, universe is vast technically infinite, but there is an edge out there 14 and a half billion light years away. But beyond where the first stars and such were born, what was out there? Just more vast emptiness. The universe
universe has been expanding for 14 and a half billion years. Will it continue to expand until all the stars finally wing out? So, where do the spirits go when they die? That's why I brought up the universe. Do they just spread out? Is there some place for them to go? Do they do what they want? Do they exist forever? Or do spirits like stars eventually wear themselves out, basically, and I don't want to say die because they're already dead, but what do they do? Fade away? Is there a limit to what a spirit is able to survive? It's just energy after all. They say that um, energy can't be destroyed. It is only it only changes changes form, changes shape. So do spirits slowly fade away do they run out of energy they use it all up what happens then do they become stardust again we are after all made of stardust is that what happens after Spirit is no longer? Does it just fade away into dust again? To be reanimated as a another planet? Another person? Something we can't know at this time. But perhaps something we will all find out. You know, I always thought that when a person dies, the spirit has no need of prejudice or love or feelings or anything that humans in their earthly form take so much pride in. And yet, Some spirits appear to remain much as they were when they were alive. In other words, if 
the person was evil during their lifetime? Do they remain evil as spirits? According to some research, yes. Places like prisons and other places where evil people were kept while they lived. Um, these shows appear to indicate that uh, frequently the evil person turns into an evil spirit with the same hates and dislikes and whatever else they had when they were alive, they seek to retain these uh, feelings and attributes as spirits, which is, you know, contrary to what you would expect a spirit to be. I guess if you're an angry person, an angry person while you're alive, a hateful person, you know, a real dick or an asshole or whatever. Spirits tend to retain those feelings. That's another curious side effect, I guess, of being a spirit. Why do spirits retain the feelings they had when they were alive? You would think that when you die and you learn all there is to know about death and what occurs after you die, that those trivial feelings would no longer be needed, be appropriate, be required. Ah, so much we do not know about life, and we know pretty much nothing about death, except what these ghost hunters seem to find out about spirits. And uh, apparently not all of it is good. But yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but then not much does anymore. Someday we shall know. But will it matter? Will it make any difference? You know, people... Some people are just... pathetic, miserable creatures while they live. 
community. Take advantage of people, they steal, they rob, they kill. think that as a spirit they might repent knowing the harm they've done to other people. And apparently many of them just keep on wanting to be assholes even after they're dead. That's a, that's a sad situation. Spirits change. Some, some of them apparently want to stay assholes even after death. Doesn't seem to be any point to it. They, uh, they, they do. Some might call it a purgatory or hell. But what about the good spirits who stay around? And there are some. Don't seem to be as many good spirits hanging out as there are evil spirits. Oh, here's something that bugs me to no end. How, how is it that every time an exorcism is performed to either remove an evil spirit from a person or a place, they use God to force the demon or evil spirit from the vessel that is occupied. And it's not that way just in America. I mean, in other countries, when exorcisms are performed, they use their God to force these spirits away. Now they're using different gods depending on where they're located. They're using different prayers. And yet it seems to, at least in most cases, work. It seems to drive the evil spirits or demons away. Now how is that how does that work? spirits know 
if there is a God, or if there are any gods, or if there are any gods, and why would they be required to run away just because humans call up a god's name and use that as a way to force the spirits to go somewhere else. Because they don't disappear, obviously, they just go somewhere else. But why do they allow that to happen? First of all, we we don't even believe there is a God. And spirits would know if there was a God. And since there isn't a God, why would they allow bringing up the name of God to affect them at all? That is another freaking bloody question that needs to be answered, but of course will not be until we go and find out. So much we don't know. So much. But guess I've used up all of my time for this episode, and therefore I will bid you all adieu, and again, hopefully, we'll have the opportunity to annoy you a bit more in my next episode. Till then... Take care. Welcome back. Welcome back. See, life after death is technically not life. It's rebirth. Rebirth? Is that like re-virginization? No. <laughs> no. no. I, hell? I don't even, I don't even want to try and touch that subject. No, 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 no. Olive oil. How can you have extra virgin? Uh, what the hell does that mean? It's because the olives have never been used for anything else. <laughs> I don't use olives for that. <laughs> for squeezing them, we get the oil out of them. So they're extra virgin. Yeah, because they've never, ever, ever been touched. Ever, other than, ever? Ever, ever. 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 So not at all. Nope. Okay. Nope, not even second base. Whoa. <laughs> That's got to suck for that. <laughs> well, you know, they're olives. Right from who going to get it to... No. Well, again, they're all of us. What do you expect? Yeah, that's true, too. Yep. Right. Okay, number two. How did we get onto I don't even want to. I, yeah, I blame you. We're digging into the archives. This is a show that ended. Okay. But again, those shows are still great. Don't you read for my meds. Down. Oh, <laughs> well. Listen. Oh, yeah, I was reading for the right ones. Yeah, those are the painkillers. Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is When in Burbank, number 10. Okay. Oh, Sadie Burbank. Yes. Sadie and Dave talk about everything from weather to answering emails and say goodbye to California legend Huell Hauser. That's amazing. Plus, find out if the United States will, in fact, build a real Death Star. 
Oh, look at you. Oh, lights went on. Got to watch this. <laughs> what? Mm. Listen. Listen. <laughs> you can watch it in your in the theater of the mind. Oh, that's really good. You like that, huh? Suddenly the guy at the desk is going, wait, try this. <laughs> <laughs> I got a whole file full of stuff he hasn't tried yet. Can't say that word, but I can tell him this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here we go. This is Wynn and Burbank, number 10, California's Gold. All right. Welcome to Wynn and Burbank. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Still cold. <laughs> Freezing. <laughs> now, we live in Southern California, and the big misconception, or, or even if I dare without the, the lawsuit, the dark myth of... <laughs> About living in California, yes, yes. Is that it's sunny. That was two words, the dark myth. Yeah, that I yeah. threw the the in there so I wouldn't get sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that Southern California is always warm, always... Warm and balmy, I know. Well, you know, I got an email today from um, Kelly's husband. Yes. In, in Orlando. Orlando, Florida. Yeah, and he was complaining because it had been 85 so long, and he was so hot and tired of it, and he was really hoping it'd get to 60-something, and I told him back... I emailed him back and said I would happily share, if I could, some of our 28-degree weather. Actually, it was 36 when I was emailing him Ooh. this afternoon at 3.40. I said I would happily share some of that with you, if I could. Ha ha. I don't think it even got to 40 degrees today. No, it didn't. Well, it didn't on my... We have one of those um, little thermometer things that's a... Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's a little thing, and it's got numbers on it. And then outside is the sensor, okay? Right. So inside you get to read what it's doing outside and inside at the same time. And um, it's pretty accurate, actually. And I didn't look at the total for today, the high for today. Mm -hmm. But every time I looked at it, it was still in the 30s. I think it may have gotten all the way up to 36 well, at, at some point. I know for here in Cal or California, for here in Apple Valley... Uh, yesterday morning, they got all the way down to 16. Holy moly. And that's really... That's really chilly. Yes. Mm -hmm. For here, for us, that's that's cold. In fact, we're here in my Plus house. Plus, it's windy. Yes. And you're covered up with your coat. I've yeah. got my my thick uh, Dickies coat on. Yeah. And we've got the heater on. I'm thinking about putting my mittens on. <laughs> Yeah, it's cold in the it's cold in the house. It's probably what sixty five in here, sixty six maybe. About sixty five, sixty six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know because that's when I get up and turn my heater on. Is <laughs> about that. So my my body's attuned to those those little temperature clues. And isn't it funny because in the summertime, we get down to sixty five in in the air conditioned restaurants, movies, malls, or whatnot. And we think, oh, that feels so wonderful. And we're yes. walking around in our tanks in in 65-degree weather going, isn't that wonderfully cool? But in the wintertime, when you're nowhere near that for a high, 65 feels cold. What is that? I don't know. What is that? I know it's not just me. I, I know other people have felt have mentioned that they feel the same way about it. But isn't it kind of funny when, when 36 is your daytime high... And your house is sitting at 65, and you're going, <gasps> Brr, you know. Yeah. But in the summertime, when it's 110 outside, you come in and it's 65 now, and you go, oh, that feels so good. Yeah, it doesn't and make sense. And you let the sense. fan go, and you feel, you know, I don't understand that. 
We, you know who we should ask? Who? That, that Maryland person, that uh, really smart lady in the parade, Ask Marilyn. Oh. She's a savant or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We should, we should write her that question and ask her that. She'll have an answer. I have never seen her not answer a question. Really? Well, I haven't seen all the questions she's been asked. <laughs> However, everyone she prints, she's got an answer for, and they seem pretty smart. Well, other than being cold, mm-hmm. you've been productive. Who has? You have. I have? Yes, you said you were. You were writing a new story. Oh, well, I'm working on... It's actually not a new story. Uh, it's... Well, compared to Convict, it's new. Uh, but I, I, it's funny, because I... I told you I got out my my printouts. I had printed out Convict, right? Because I had written it so long ago, and you know me, I cannot just go in and start writing where I left off. I have to reread, and reread, and reread means rewrite. With me, I, it isn't possible. That's one reason I have never actually read Red Hills, and never will. Because if I do, I'll go. Oh. God, I, I, I need to change that. I, this, I could write, I could have written that better, you know. Right. Uh, it, there's no end to that, so I'll never read my my printed book ever. Um, anyhow, um, I had started. I wrote a song called "Long Black Hair," and it's it's kind of a country <clears throat> style song. And in fact, it is country. And um, it's it's I like it. It's really cool, and I shouldn't even bring it up because I don't have it, so I can't even read it to you over the air. But um, anyhow, I somehow I decided to start writing a story about the girl in the song. So I did, and I and I, for want of a better term, I called it "long black hair," <clears throat> or a better title, I mean. Um, and I I wrote it's weird because I wrote. One that's titled Long Black Hair in Texas, and then there's one Long Black Hair in Memphis, and they're really just like two chapters of the same Long Black Hair story. Uh, But I wrote them at different times, so now I have to knit them together, sort of. Uh, But anyhow, I I came across it. I was actually going to to work on Chapter 1 of Convict, uh, had my little box of printouts and everything, and I came across a printout of Long Black Hair, and I started reading it. And that was all it took. So I went on on the, the computer and I pulled it up and I started playing with it and and uh, fixing it up, rewriting it. Next thing you know, I had done I don't know how many pages, ten or fifteen, I guess. You know. Um, and so I'm I'm probably going to at least get to the point of knitting the two together. Right. You know. But in the meantime, she 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 is uh, Judy. I don't know why. She's just Judy, and uh, and she's on her way from Big Spring, Texas, uh, which actually used to be not much more than a spot on the map where the bus stopped. Uh, I know this because I actually went through Big Spring, Texas, many 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 years in '71 actually. Um, to, um, well, it doesn't matter where I was going. I stopped on a, a Continental Trailways bus at Big Spring, Texas, and there wasn't much there. Now, if you Google it on Google Earth, it's a pretty decent-sized little burg. It's like a suburb of, well, if you stretch it, it's a suburb of Dallas. <laughs> it's a, that's a long way off. <laughs> anyway, um, 
So is it, what kind of genre are we looking at? Well, she's a country singer, and she's on her way to Memphis uh, because her boyfriend went to Memphis right. to sing. And um, something happened to him, and he didn't get to Memphis. And I haven't figured out yet what it is. <laughs> Anyhow, he's in um, he's in, in Dallas, and so she stops on the way to Memphis to see him in Dallas. And his name is Titus, by the way. And I don't know why that either. And um, she's just like he just greeted her at the door. This is the, how far I've gotten with this. She, he greets her at the door and invites her in to see his rooms. He's actually living in a boarding house. It's not a an apartment. He just has rooms in a boarding house. Right. And uh, he's showing her around. And uh, I think I'm going to kill him. Um, so maybe... I don't think Titus will be around for long. No. No. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta find out. I have to. I'll have to actually look at at black hair in Memphis and find out what the hell she was doing in Memphis because I can't remember. You know, you write this stuff and you. I don't know about you, but when when I put something on paper, it's gone out of my head. Yes. And so I have to read it and find out what happened in Memphis. If Titus is there, then oh well, I guess he'll he'll get a reprieve and I won't kill him off. Uh, or I may kill off Titus and give the guy in Memphis another name. I don't know. So are you thinking maybe a novelette? Or... I don't know what I'm thinking. It's weird. Uh, I just... Because you don't have a publisher anymore. Now you're self I know. I know. I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, what makes what makes me do that? I I know what makes me write a song. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's like a... An infestation is that a reasonable term to give it? Uh, it's it's in my head. <clears throat> when I played the guitar, it would be even worse because then I'd have a tune right running through my head, and then I'd have to put something with it. So I haven't played the guitar for a number of years now, um, so that isn't it. It's just that I I came up the I heard this song, and so I put it down on paper. I can I, if I could sing, I'd actually sing it to you, but I can't sing anymore. I used to be able to sing pretty decently, but I can't sing anymore. Um, anyway, I just had to I had to put it down on paper, and it's a cool song. It, it's not bad actually for you know a country song, right? You know, um, and then I don't know why, but I I just felt like I should write some more, and I didn't want to write more more uh, verses to the song because the song's done. Right. It's finished. Uh, so I just started writing about her. The girl with the long black hair. I'm kind of curious to see how it turns out. It'll be interesting to see. You know, it may wind up trash too. I don't know. But it's it doesn't feel like it's going to. It feels like it might go someplace. It's a story wanted to be told. So I guess it's in there rattling around in my brain and it's weird because I sat down to I was actually just going to kind of look at it and go oh that's crap and toss it and I just sat down and kept typing you know and there it goes because it just happened it just I don't know I don't understand the process 
It just happens. It just happens. I, you know, if I if I sit in front of a typewriter for very long, I start typing stories. <laughs> I haven't been creative. I haven't been creative in a while, to be honest with you. Um, I did. Well, I wonder why. You don't have like forty hundred things to do. <laughs> forty hundred. That's a new number I just made up, by the way. I did write the press release, and I did get it out today. I saw it. I um, saw it. It was... Emotionally, it was challenging, which I wasn't expecting that. To write it or to put it out? Both. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you have such... I And I never really thought about that. I have an emotional... Con, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An emotional connection to my business. And I never really even thought about it that way. Well, you gave birth to it, for crying out loud. You're its parent. Of course you have. So, but I was, I I literally, it took me a while to write it. Uh, A couple hours. Well, that's probably saying, it probably took me more than a couple hours. Really? Yeah. Um, So I wrote it, and then Terry edited for me one last time, which I thought was cool. And then we sent it out. Uh, I sent it to everybody that, you know, has been involved. And then we sent it out to the iNewsWire, which is our, our publicate, or our press release distributor who we go through. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it'll go out live tomorrow. Well, that was creative. And, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the interesting part was, and I, I mentioned this before we started recording, was after I hit send, it felt like tons of weight was like lifted off my shoulders. Now, we both know I still have two two more obligations, so it's not like I'm done. As of right now, I'm I'm not done. You'll never be done. I don't want to I don't want to disillusion you, but you're no you're never going to be done. I'm well, sorry. I mean, I mean from projects. I am too. I mean that too. You never <laughs> you it's not in you to be done with projects. But I think what you're doing is you're getting smart and you're backing away from trying to do everything at once. Yeah. I, I'm just pacing myself and like a, a project is great. Yes. Fifty projects is stupid. Well because <laughs> my opinion. We and and I've mentioned this several times in, in our podcast, you know, you own a percentage of MythWorks. So mm-hmm. when I say we, that's mm-hmm. where it comes in because you own some too. We still have um, the Christian anthology that's coming mm-hmm. out. A lot of people don't know this because we've actually kept a hush-hush on a purpose. Mm-hmm. MythWorks owns the GISG LLC. Mm-hmm. We own that company. Mm-hmm. We've been running that company. <laughs> Nobody's known that we've been running that company, <laughs> but surprise, we have. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, as I'm closing the company for now, so that means the GISG is being closed as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm contractually obligated to the authors that I have contracts with mm-hmm. to put out one more anthology. Then after that, it's done. And then I've got uh, the Evolution of MythWorks book that's mm-hmm. going to come out. And I, I've been working on that for a while. That's going to be that's going to be a big one. I'm at the end. And I've got to write the conclusion. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be kind of tough to write. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Because I'm, where am I at? I'm probably mid-2012 right now. 
as hmm. far as telling the story. So I'm pretty close to being finished. Well, that's good. At least you don't have it all to do. So after that, then... It might be easier than you think <clears throat> to put a, a conclusion on it. Well, I was reading it yesterday. And yesterday was, you know, Lacey and I's 17th wedding anniversary. Congratulations, by Thank the you. way. It really doesn't seem that long. It really doesn't. Um, but I look in the mirror and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. true. Who um, are you and what have you done with that <laughs> kid that used to be me? Yes, I know. But uh, I I did nothing, literally did nothing. I, I did a podcast with uh, my sister and her fiance, you know, the scene, Red mm-hmm. Pond. That's all I did as far as work-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, sat around, watched TV, played with the kids, and I read the what I have of the evolution of MythWorks. Mm-hmm. And it's been at least two years since I actually sat down and looked at it. Oh, wow. See, I'd have to rewrite the whole damn thing right off the bat. Well, I started rewriting it. Yeah. You know, adding here, here, and there. Such a compulsion. But, it is a compulsion. It is. Mm. But what a... And I, I, I don't think I've ever sat down and, and wrote, wrote, forced to have it. No, oh. read. Oh, yeah. I, I've read it in chapters, you know, the way I have it set mm-hmm. up. But I don't think I've gone through and just read starting it. 1990 yeah. all the way to yeah. mid-2012, read all the way through. Yeah. What a, what a blast from the past. That yeah. was just, I mean, even if no one buys the book, just that experience was worth it. Yeah. It was just so much fun to go and relive those those moments. You know, especially in the beginning when I was just like this ignorant kid that thought he was going to do a comic book and be rich for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know, it was very good. <laughs> so, um, other than writing, have you been, what else have you been up to? What else have I been up to? Well, I really, like I really was going to get on, in and start again on Convict. I really want to start on Convict, but um, I have to, I have to sweep out this long black hair cobweb thing first out of my head. At least get it to a shelving point. Uh, I'll either I'll either do it and finish it and get it out of my head, or get it to a point where I can put it on the shelf for a while. Right. I, I don't like to have too many irons and too many fires that way. Uh, but I really want to get back on uh, starting on convict again. Because it's it's going to take a while, actually, to. Uh, I'm hoping that I can control my compulsion to rewrite <laughs> enough that I can actually get through a, a chapter or two or more without having to rewrite them. I just, you know, I, I really, I don't need that. Um, and I, and I really think it's a sickness. I, <laughs> I truly do. I'd be interested in knowing if, if the, the really qualified pros go through that nonsense too or not. I, I doubt it. I, I suspect they don't. I know that, you know, there's that, uh, and you probably know her name, that woman in, in Japan that writes books uh, uh, verbally. Uh, yeah, off her cell phone? Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how in the hell she does it. I don't. In the first place, I, uh, Bob, my youngest, wanted to get me one of those uh, dictating programs. You the know? Dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, that one. And, gee, Mom, it'd be so cool for you. I go, honey, you don't understand the writing process for me. I can't dictate what I'm what I'm trying to write. I, I can't. Either. I no. can't. I have to see it in writing because how do I know if it's going to read well 
if I hear it. I'm, and I've never been an auditory person anyhow. I have a hearing loss as it is, so I don't, it's not an auditory thing with me. It's a visual thing with me. It always has been. Reading has always been a visual thing with me. I've never been the kind of person who would listen to a book, although there are many, many people who enjoy books that way. Yeah. I'm not one of them. Or listen to two complete strangers talk about absolutely whatever. Yeah, week. like a podcast. <laughs> no, I don't mind doing that, but I'm not going to listen to it. I don't even listen to our podcast. Um, You've listened to one that I know of. I've listened to part of one. I've never listened to a whole podcast and probably never will. you you got to understand what it's like when you don't hear well. I don't hear... Uh, I, my hearing loss has, is, has been diagnosed in a particular consonant range where if you turn your back mm -hmm. and you say boat, I do not know whether you said boat, tote, float, goat, or what. You heard me on the phone just this evening with Ernie asking him, was that T like Tom or P like Paul? Right. Because I could not, over the phone, I couldn't tell which it was. If you say M, I don't know if you said M or N. Uh, and, and that is the hearing range, the consonant range, that, that I, my loss is in. I can hear loud, high-pitched sounds, and I can hear loud, low-pitched sounds. Right. I can hear medium sounds, but I cannot distinguish the consonant sounds. It's so bad that I have uh, uh, closed captions on the television constantly anymore. Because I just, otherwise, I don't know what the hell they're saying. <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's hard when we go to the movies. Right. You know, and they don't have closed captions. <laughs> You know, for the hearing impaired, because I am. As a result, I have stopped listening to radio music, the music on the radio. I never listen to the radio. I never turn on the radio. There's two reasons for that. First off, I don't feel a compulsion to be entertained all the time. I actually enjoy silence. As much as I talk on a podcast, <laughs> I do enjoy not having entertainment blaring. Noise, okay. yeah. Unlike Ernie, who loves to have the radio on or a CD in the player or whatever. He just really, really loves that. Okay, that's good. Uh, half the time, I really can't even hear most of it anyhow because he keeps it at a level he can hear, and I can't hear it that well. I mean, with the noise in the car, I really can't hear much of anything. Right. But if I'm listening to the radio and they're singing a song, I don't know what the hell they're saying. And it's not just because of the new music where the old people don't know what they're saying. It's because I cannot hear the words. Right. You know. Uh, and so when you can't hear the words, and, and, and let's face it, a lot of the tunes are similar. Uh, a lot of the rhythms are similar. Yes. And so pretty much it sounds like the same song over and over and over again. It's either faster or slower, but basically it's the same song to me, to my ear. So I don't... I don't listen to things. I do watch things. I watch YouTubes sometimes. I look at YouTubes. I looked at YouTube today because um, we watched the Golden Globes last night, and I recorded the Golden Globes red carpet show. Mm -hmm. It was on before the Golden Globes. And I watched it today, and in it, Denzel Washington had said to an interviewer, I think it was Matt Lauer, uh, that... 
he did some prep work for his part in flight uh, by watching YouTube. He watched drunk people on YouTube. Really? Because the character he plays in flight uh -huh. has a drinking issue. I don't know how much of one, but apparently a significant one, given the fact that he's a pilot. <laughs> Oops. Um, in the movie. Right. And uh, so he wanted some uh, visual feedback, input rather, uh, as to how a drunk person behaves. It, probably not because he's never been drunk himself, although he may never have been. I don't know. I don't but he probably just wanted to know what it looks like because he wanted to be able to act that way right, so that those of us looking at him would go, that dude's drunk. <laughs> uh, and one of the things that he said he watched was this guy trying to put on flip-flops while he was drunk. And I'll tell you now, folks... If it's, it's okay to say so, go to YouTube yeah. and put in drunk guy trying to put on flip flops and watch it. It's a hoot. Is it? It is hilarious. Oh my God. And then there's another guy. Oh my God. It's the funniest damn thing I ever saw. This guy, guy drunk guy on a beach, I think it's called. <laughs> and this man, it starts out with him. He takes a few steps. He's got some uh, article of clothing in his hand and he takes a few steps. And, uh, and then he kind of is able to stand upright and sort of stand still. And he starts trying to put his arm through the sleeve of this article of clothing he's wearing. And he gets one arm through. And then he's trying to get his right arm through and he's reaching back. You know how when you're trying to, you know, get your arm in the sleeve yeah. and, you know, you're really having trouble. He's having a horrible time. <laughs> and he finally gets it in and he tries and he shrugs it on. And about that time you realize that what he's trying to put on his arms is a pair of pants. Oh, shit. <laughs> or board shorts, okay? It's not pants but board shorts and uh <clears throat> but he he doesn't get that okay didn't process he, no and so he gets he actually gets it on his arms and then he's he's reaching around in the back trying to pull it down his back like you do when you put on a shirt you know right, yeah pull it down in the back to get it situated <laughs> and he's reaching up trying to get all of it and then this this guy comes up and i i truthfully couldn't tell whether the guy was just as drunk as the first the guy first or not, guy. but uh, anyhow, he's pulling on it too, you know, trying to help him, and I, and then he kind of, kind of, and there's the, the pants have got a belt and everything, you know, but anyhow, the guy finally he takes it off one sleeve and then off the other, and this and the drunk is standing there, he's got his hands behind, his clasped behind his head like this, like it's always almost like he was up against the wall being frisked, you know, right, and the other guy is taking, and oh, oh, I forgot to, before the guy came up. The drunk guy. He took off this thing and he took it, took it down and shook it down in front of him. He held these pants in front of himself. He clearly looked at them, and then he tries putting them on again on his sleeves, on his arm, like a shirt. It was the funniest damn thing I ever saw. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. I had Ernie come watch it with me. I said, "You gotta watch this. This is just unbelievable." So, YouTube has some funny stuff. Yeah, it really, and there were thousands of them. I could have spent the rest of the day watching that. And so I like to do that kind of stuff, even though I can't necessarily hear what they're saying, and they don't have um, closed captions necessarily. 
but you can tell what's going on. Right. Okay. But for me, if I if I can't really hear the words, it loses a lot of the flavor. Right. Okay. So I don't listen to music. So that gets us back kind of to where we were, uh, which is what? Where were we when we got off on this tangent? Oh, because I said that you had only watched that I know of. You've watched one, oh, or not li- watched, but listened to listen one to of the podcast. Podcasts. Yeah, and uh, and that's why. That's why. No, I'm not big on listening to music just because, for me, I, I'm not really, I don't care for the new stuff on any genre. I really don't care. Well, for I, I do. I like a lot of it, actually. Um, and I love a lot of different kinds of music. I like, I'm crazy about, okay, let's talk about faves. Andrea Puccelli. Um... And he's an opera singer. I know. Well, not an opera singer. He sings opera. There's a among other things. Yeah, people. Some people may not know. Okay, since you brought it up, I have to tell the joke. Okay. Okay. Um, A guy walks into his shrink's office and he's like, "Doc, I'm just feeling really down, and I I just can't figure out what I can do to feel better." And the doc's like, "Well, Andre Botelli's in town. Why don't you go catch one of his concerts?" And the guy looks at him and goes, I am Andre Botelli. <laughs> That's pretty cute. <laughs> That's cute. Um, what's the little girl that was on uh, America's Got Talent that knocked everybody for a loop? What the hell's her name? I haven't seen it. I may have to I may have to call Ernie. Oh God. What's her name? She sings like an angel. David Foster grabbed a hold of her like nobody's business and put her on his show real fast. He was smart. What the hell's that kid's name? Well, if anybody's listening, they'll know. Right. Anyhow, I love her. Um, I'm, as you can tell, I'm very bad with names. I um, really liked the music that... Oh, this is so bad because I, I, I'm having a terrible time with names. Oh, Christ... Put it on hold for a minute. Let me think. Okay. Okay, we're back. Okay, I had to access my memory bank. That would be Ernie. <laughs> uh, Jackie Ivanko. That is the name of the little girl that was on... Um, America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. She was on, like, oh, probably three years ago now. Maybe four. Time flies. Um, God, that kid, she just... You can't... You just can't imagine. You, you really need to to hear her sing somehow online or somehow you got to listen to this child sing and when she was on America's Got Talent she was little I mean she was like eight really oh yeah and she sounded like she was 40 I mean uh, seriously there were people that didn't believe that this was really her they thought she was lip syncing to an older woman singing really yeah oh the child is prodigy god if you didn't believe in reincarnation before you saw her, you sure started thinking about it afterwards. Because I'll tell you, she's, it's just hard to believe that somebody that young could have that maturity in her voice. Anyhow, I like her. I like her singing. And right. she sings uh, a wide variety of music. music. Okay. And then another one of my faves is Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard is an actor. He's right. not, not a singer. Right. Okay. 
Uh, but he had he was in the movie Hustle and Flow. Yes, which I am completely shocked that you've seen. <laughs> I love that movie. It's, it was so funny because I went around work afterwards. There was even a cartoon. I have it at home. I pasted on my refrigerator where it's this, this dad is sitting on his couch He's going, oh, my God, what's next? And his little girl is, is wandering around going, it's hard out there for a pimp. Try, you know, that song, okay? And, and that's what I was doing. I loved that song. And it actually, I think it did well in the Academy Awards, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. But anyhow, I loved, loved that song. I loved that movie. I loved their process that they went through doing this it's rap music but they this is what they were doing was right. creating this this song and the guy that worked with him it, kind of a geeky kind of guy was i believe i'm pretty sure it's the same guy was in the core and he played a computer geek in the core the movie the core which is a movie about saving the world from total disaster and destruction by drilling down into the center of the earth and fixing Is that things. a Disney movie? I don't know if it's a Disney movie or not, but it's a real good movie. Okay. If you haven't seen The Core, take time, watch it. It's a good thriller, I think. It, it's totally fantasy, mm -hmm. you know, because, come on. But if you, if you just let yourself go with it and just have fun with it, it's, it's a cool movie. It really is. Maybe it's on Netflix. Oh, goodness, of course. It's on Netflix. Isn't everything? Well, now, I mean, I everything say, that's been out for a week and a half isn't pretty much on Netflix. I was going to say, now that Disney signed the, the contract with Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, now okay. everything. So, so, not that I'm pushing the core or anything else, but the I just wanted to give that, right, that right. young man credit because he's he's an incredible actor. Really good. But the the... The, the point I was making was I enjoy the rap, a lot of rap music. I love Will Smith's rap. He's fun to listen to, even though I can't hear all the words. He's fun to listen to. I love Queen Latifah. And I love that she does rap. She does oldies. Right. You've heard her do the oldies. Yes. She does a fantastic job. She's got a great voice. Plus, I just like her. I think she's cool. Um... I, I have I have a very uh, wide and varied appreciation for all kinds of music. Um, as you know, my dad's a preacher. I sing along with all the hymns in the movies. Yeah. Ernie will go, do you know that one? I'll go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of Duh. course. You know, you want me to sing it for you? No, <laughs> but I can. Um, I, I love all kinds of music. When I was a kid, you could not get me off the dance floor. Bill Haley and the Comets, Rock Around the Clock, I was there. I also saved up babysitting money and bought a ticket on my, on my own, all by myself, for myself, and went by myself to see Liberace in concert at the Coliseum in Spokane, Washington, when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Really? Yeah. Loved Liberace and his brother George. And don't I wish I still had my program because his mom was there too. And they all three signed it. Really? Yeah, and I don't have it anymore. Kills me. Just kills me. All three of them on the same program. Anyway, somebody out there, nah, it's probably garbage. <clears throat> I was going to say, if anybody ever got it, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that just shows you that the the variety of of musical interests that I've always enjoyed. Right. Always enjoyed all kinds of different kinds of music. But anymore, it, I kind of agree with you in in some respects. A lot of the music today sounds so similar. Now you can take Adele out of that equation because none of her no. stuff sounds similar to she's, anybody. She's an amazing artist. She's fantastic. Alicia Keys, Nora Jones. Um, you know I met Nora Jones. Did you? Yes. You know her father died just recently. No. Yeah. Robbie Shank. Yes, I did know. Yes, yes. yes he oh, was... and speaking of people who passed, we were going to talk about Hugh Hauser, too. Yes. Okay, but anyway, um, when how did you talk to Nora Jones? Um, we went on vacation a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And the place that, the hotel we were staying, it was just a small little hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie Portman, which I met. Oh, yeah? Really? Oh, Ernie's. Nora Jones. Ernie's had a thing for Natalie since she was a little kid. <laughs> he, in in uh, the professional uh-huh. with the French guy, I can't remember his name. Oh, God. Anyway, um, Ernie said then, he said, you watch, that kid's going to be something someday. She's going places. She has like a PhD in law or something. She's yeah, very educated. She's brilliant. But Nora Jones. And a new mommy. Natalie Portman. Jude Law. Oh, yum. <laughs> I think he's so pretty. And uh, when we went to Ely, Nevada, the first time I went to Ely, Nevada as a vacation, yeah, they were filming My Blueberry Nights, which was what? my... my uh, Acting debut, by the way. You were in it. Yeah, but unfortunately, I got cut. Oh. I was I was the drunk guy going back and forth in the casino. Really? Yeah. Oh. But Not they cool. they were all there. I'm jealous. They were all there. We should go uh, sometime. They're always up here, throwing out uh, casting calls for you know ordinary people, and you and I are as ordinary looking yeah. as anybody else, and Ernie too. I think they'd pick Ernie anytime. Because um, it was really late at night, and I had walked. It was just, you know, a couple blocks from their big casino. And the director's like, okay, we need more people. Anybody? And everybody was like, you know. And you know me, I don't know a stranger. Yeah. And I'm not okay. shy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, I, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but just tell me where, where's my mark and tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Oh, wow. And that was... How cool. And you got to meet them all and yeah. everything? Yeah. I'm so jealous. Oh, I think that's why. lost. That's Hot. why I, I bought the movie is because I was like, I, I could care less about the movie. I was like, okay, where's that point? Where's that point? Okay, they're they're there at the, you know. Yeah. I'm like, waiting, waiting. Because she gets off the bus, and then they they made her do it like, 18 or 19 times. Just get off the they bus. They do that. They do that with actresses and actors. I don't know how they can put up with it. And then after she gets off the bus, she walks into this casino. Mm-hmm. And as she's she's walking in and she's looking around, I'm off to the right going back and forth, back and forth, back oh. and forth. But she, they did that again 19, 20 times. Wow. And then I guess at one point when I left, they shot it again. Without you. Yeah. Oh, like, and that was the whole reason why we bought the movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you get paid? No. It was, Did you have to join after or whatever the no, hell it is? No. Really? They didn't even have my name. They just like. Oh, man. Just for the fun of it. And that was kind How of what. fun that would have been. That was kind of what sparked my interest in movies, making movies. Yeah. That because would I was totally like, do it. Yeah. I was like, fuck, I can do this. Yeah, this is nothing. <laughs> 
And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com. Okay, so anyway, those are some of the people that I like. I like a lot more, but I can't think of all their names, and it really doesn't matter to everybody listening who I like. The point is I like a wide variety of, of talent um, when I can hear it. When I can hear it. Let's jump subject because okay. we're at the 40-minute mark. Oh, my gosh. Um, I want to read an email to you. Okay. And quick backstory was I haven't checked the info at jazelmon.com email 
in at least two weeks. Oh. So the gentleman who wrote this, I apologize. You know, that's even worse because he's not even going to hear this for what another four weeks? Look, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So it, yeah, we it's still have be... Christmas and New Year's show to put out. No, it's it's already out. It's not on the website. You just showed me we were up to germ warfare. Germ warfare was after. Oh, it was after yeah. Christmas next. See, <laughs> know your podcast. I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. but anyway. I, I do apologize that I'm just now getting to it, and I. I tried to forward it to you on the email off my phone, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is how my emails look like on my phone, so they're a little mm-hmm. bit more... You, you should know. see how they look on my phone. And then I <laughs> sent it, I just copied it, and I sent it to your text message. So I you, got it. You've seen I got it. it on the text message today. But yeah. I, I want to read this for the listeners, because I thought it was such a good email. And it's uh, it says, Sadie, I've enjoyed your show. I was wondering if you'd do a book about the 1960s and 70s like you talked about in episode one with the Black Panthers and the Black Bar incident. I'm a black male. I would love for you to do one and read about it in detail. Plus, learn about other misadventures. (laughs) Thank you in advance. Keep up the great job on the podcast. I look forward to it every Tuesday. Dan. So, you've got a bit of fan mail. Thank you, Dan, for listening and for emailing. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess the the big question is is would you would you consider doing another book of the nineteen sixties and seventies of your misadventures? F is it you know is there content <laughs> I guess. Oh Christ, there's content enough, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Got content coming out the you know what? But uh, I think wazoo is the acceptable term these days. Um, there is. There's. Uh, God. I'm trying to think. Before I commit myself to whether or not I'll, I'll even consider doing it, I have to think about the people who are still living, if there are any of them still living. That I don't ever want. I hate to to have my family have more than one book they can't look at. (laughs) I mean, we've already got Red Hills. My children are forbidden to read it. My grandchildren are forbidden to read it. My husband's forbidden to read it. I even told Frank and I finally broke down and said Frank and Kelly could read it if they wanted to. But they they had to keep quiet about it. (laughs) I don't know if they did or not. They bought it, I think. Or I sent them one. I can't remember now. But in any case, um, let me think. From the 60s. Oh, God. I was a very promiscuous person in my early adulthood. And I'm not sure that it's necessarily the, the, the stuff of which great novels are made. On the other hand, <laughs> What's-Her-Name's done a lot of... Uh, made a lot of money with uh, I can't remember her name I'm so bad with names Jesus anyhow there are lots and lots of authors have made a lot of money over promiscuity that's for sure and mine would be true so I don't know Uh, and misadventures yeah there were a number of those as well there was a number of them were a number was a number were there were a lot of them um I'd have to I'd I'd have to to find a, a 
a, a reason to write it other than, you know, a request. Right. Not that it is not an honorable request. It's a fine request, but there has to be... Um, because everybody's life is full of misadventures, and everybody's life is full of, well, maybe not promiscuity, but <laughs> everybody's life is full of things that they've done that are interesting. Otherwise, why the hell live? If your life hasn't been interesting, right. you're doing something wrong. Give up. Uh, so would it be something that would be so interesting that other people would want to read about it? I don't know. I, I, maybe just because it's so different from the era now um it, it dan doesn't mention his age does he um in that let me check that real fast i don't think he does uh, um let's see no and so you know if he's if he's my age he probably already knows and has had many of those misadventures himself if he lived through the 60s he's pretty well been there and done that uh, if not, um, maybe the, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that somebody would really find it interesting to read. I, maybe it's the bartender. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Wouldn't that, that be no, he'd say no, the man would say if he were, if he even remembered the incident. I'm sure we're not the only white women that ever walked into that bar. <laughs> well, I'm reasonably sure we're not. Uh, but wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> no, I don't even know if he would still be alive. I don't remember now how old the man looked to be. Anyhow, we digress ridiculously. Um, let me put it this way. I'll think about it. Okay. I will consider it. Uh, and mostly what I'd have to think about is how far back am I going to start and how far forward am I going to bring it and, and what will be the point. Right. What would... What... What would be the underlying... What would what would be the point? Yes. Yeah. And if I can answer those questions suitably to my satisfaction, then, yeah, I'll probably start. you got to remember, Dan, I'm an old lady. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I may have a lot in me here, but I'm not sure I'll have time to get it all on paper, especially not the way I write when I have to rewrite everything <laughs> every time I turn around. Uh, but, you know, if I, if I just start I'll do sit in front of the typewriter it'll come just start thinking yeah but uh, I gotta I gotta think about it so I will think about it though I will consider uh, I will consider the project that's right. as much as I'll say on it right now very cool and I, I also want to jump in and tell what was his name Dan 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 um Please, any further comments, send them to the um, forum, you know, because the forum gets checked a lot more than the info at jazelmon.com because that's actually set up to receive email for advertising. And by forum, you mean on the on the website. website yes okay where it says comments yes yeah click okay. on that and then you click on the win in burbank mm -hmm. and then type away whatever you give want to give comments anytime any kind of comments any of you have good bad or indifferent throw them out there we did love to hear from you absolutely truly you know we've had two now yeah. <laughs> stevie and, and dan uh, we have a, a big following <laughs> we almost have enough for charter membership yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness speaking of charter membership and i don't know how i'm going to segue this in but <laughs> i'm going to try um one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about 
because we're we're both native Californians and for the last at least 20 30 years this gentleman has been a part of our lives even if it was just background noise he's been a part of our lives and that's um i i, I pronounce it as hugh hausner but you you say it was Hugh hauser hauser yeah. and literally he he was a tv host on the public broadcasting system mm-hmm. pbs and he brought California's, what was it? California's Gold. Gold. And I, he had a couple other shows, titles, at different times. But basically it was just sharing his love of California. All the little nooks and crannies. Places that people tell you you should go see. Or you read in your AAA travel book, you should go see. You know. Right. And if anybody, I mean, let's just be honest. They weren't that good. Oh, I thought they were fantastic. I, I didn't. I thought they were excellent. I, I really didn't think they were that good, but very entertaining, very educational. But I, I would suggest for our our listeners go go check it out. Go to YouTube. Oh yeah, pop it in and you'll see what I'm talking about. Literally, from as far as I can remember back, I've known about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like he's, I said, even if he was just background noise in his show. And the thing about him that was nice was that he didn't just go to the ordinary, um, heavily traveled, touristy places. He went to the out-of-the-way place, like I said, the nooks and crannies right. of, of California, and told you things about him that uh, you'd never have known otherwise. And I... And I Hundreds of pictures are flashing in my mind of memories of different shows where he's the glass, taken us places and the glass bottle house is the one that pops to mind for some yeah, reason. Yeah, and he the, he uh, there was this tunnel somewhere near Bakersfield, an old tunnel where some I think trains went or a mining tunnel or something like that that's still there. All kinds of all kinds of things. He t- he'd take you to. Um, uh, the swamplands, uh, not swamplands, but the Delta uh, by Sacramento. Right. Uh, just all kinds of places you would never necessarily on your own even know about. Right. And, of course, he'd find out about them. They, you know, I'm sure he didn't know on his own. He didn't know all of this information, but he would find. He went to the Tamale Festival down in Indio one time. He went to, it's got at least one mission, if not more, probably several, actually, because California's got lots of missions. For those of you who do not know, El Camino Real, which is Spanish for the Royal Road, I think, or the King's Highway, depending on how you look at it, or your, your Spanish interpretation. My Spanish isn't all that great. Anyhow, it runs from basically the border in TJ right to as far north as the city and maybe farther I don't know if it stops at San Francisco or not anyhow it's it's was called Highway 1 for a while it's also 101 in different places right I think it's also closed down right now because of uh, mudslides and rock slides and whatnot anyhow this this road back in the day uh, was the road traveled by a lot of the old uh, friars, uh, Catholic monks that came with the Spanish Inquisition. invasion mm-hmm. of Mexico, and they established missions all up 
the California coast, right. all the way up to at least San Francisco, if not farther. Uh, and each of these missions has a name, and lots of them are towns like San Clemente is a mission. Right. The town is now San Clemente. Um, and others all the way up. And he actually went to, well, San Clemente's where the, not San Clemente, fuck, Capistrano. What's wrong? San Juan Capistrano. San Juan Capistrano. Strano. What's wrong with me? Anyway, the swallows yes. go to Capistrano. And so he went there and saw the swallows and, you know. Oh, he's he he went everywhere and 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 saw more of this state than probably any other Californian ever has or will. I mean, I don't I don't know of anyone who has covered this state the way he did. Right. You know, and he was young. He was only sixty-seven when he died. He had just retired in November. But uh, I, from what I understand, he was having health issues. That's why he, he may have been. I don't know. They did not disclose the cause of death. They didn't uh, go there, and that's okay. They don't need to. I'll actually survive not knowing. Uh, but it, it's a shame. And Ernie, remember I said Ernie's going to say, see, every time somebody quits work, they die. He didn't do that. I was kind of surprised. I was expecting it because he doesn't want to quit working. You know, that's always his thing. I don't want to quit working. I'll die. Yeah, right. Anyway, but, um... The reason I bring that up is, is that I actually felt bad. It was it was kind well, of course bad. you felt bad. He was a member of your television household, right. so to speak. You we become attached to those people. Had emotional investment. Yeah, it's like if Robert Osborne died, I'd feel bad. You're going, who the fuck is Robert Osborne? <laughs> was my face readable? <laughs> kind of. Uh, uh, the the movie channel. Dude, that in, that introduces a lot of the movies like Bing Manquitz and oh, okay. Robert Osborne. Because you watch a lot. Ah, uh, yes, it's on constantly. Well, it's better than it used to be. I used to have nothing but QVC on, and then uh, Jewelry Television for a long time. I had that on constantly, and I, I couldn't afford it, so I had to switch to something that didn't cost money to watch. <laughs> Literally. Literally, yeah. I used, oh, I hate to tell you how many gemstones I have in my safe. You wouldn't. Even believe me, <clears throat> and I, uh, the the UPS guy and I were on the first name first basis. Name basis. <laughs> QVC dropped. You know they had uh, Christmas in July at QVC, and I was there. Anyway, uh, so I started watching the Movie Channel a lot, and I love old movies, and uh, so that's why I mentioned him. He's he's a member of my television family, as it were. So yeah, I miss Huel too. I will miss him because. Those gems, those nuggets of, of information that he used to bring about various places. You almost felt like you'd been there and didn't really have to go then. Right. You know, okay, been there now. <laughs> you know, And for a lot of us, that is the truth. You know, that's the only way we do get to visit a lot of those places is through those, used to call them travel logs it, the, back in the day. It was... Um... He'll be missed. I'll, I'll oh yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, we are down to literally the last five minutes. So let's see uh, if we can get this last bit. I, I've been saving the the hilarious for last. Oh goodness, we're gonna be funny. Yes. Oh good. Well, you know because iTunes did put us in. I know. The, the comedy. I know. Section. We're comics. Hello. <laughs> so get ready to laugh, folks. <laughs> Just laugh your ass off. Okay. 
So United States law says if you have more than 25 people that or 25,000 people that get together, sign a petition, whatever you're petitioning has to be looked at by the White House. Now recently there has been there was a petition signed and I actually signed this petition um, about changing the Westboro Baptist Church from a uh, a non-profit Christian organization to a hate group. They're the ones that go out and, and protest, you know, the like the ones that got the the babies that killed, got killed. They went out and they protested it because they feel that all this is happening is because America's acceptance to gay people. You, you don't know. I no, but I, if I'd have heard that, I would have probably turned it off to start with. I wouldn't have listened to it in the first place. But that's just me. But and, but I mean, that's kind of that that's was who they are. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, they people came together, signed a petition, you know, and that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another petition that I signed against them was to take away their tax exemption. Now that I, I'd be all in favor of. Yeah, I, I, the tax exemption thing for religious organizations is one thing but right. but for a hate group to go out there and, yeah and do it. okay so so when do we get to the funny part i'm coming i'm <laughs> i'm, I'm away um twenty five thousand people got together actually it was more than twenty five thousand people got together signed a petition and the petition said they want the united states government to build a fully functioning operational death star we're talking the super planet from star wars super planet killer and they wanted it started no later than 2016 now the good people did they do this recently by the way this this week this week It, it was yeah this week and the White House, you know, because, you know, they they obviously had nothing better else to do. Of course, they reply yeah. back. Of course not. They, uh, they were good enough to reply back, and they're like, well, we looked at it, and no. And their big reason was because to, to build a Death Star, and they're not even saying they couldn't do it, which was an interesting factor. <laughs> they said, to do this, it would literally cost... Eight hundred and fifty quadrillion dollars. <laughs> I don't know if if there's eight hundred and fifty quadrillion dollars in the world. Is there one <laughs> quadrillion? Know. How many is a quadrillion? How many trillions is a quadrillion? I don't know. How, if that number is beyond me. Yeah, it's. It, I. That's. And the fact that they know how much it would cost is even scarier than anything. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, hmm, yeah. Well. I just, I, you know, I'm floored that there are 25,000 people in the United States who have nothing better to concern themselves <laughs> with than that. And, and it, it kind of worries me if they really wanted it. They could do it. What, no, no. The 25,000 people. Oh. What do they want with it? What do, why do they want it? They didn't really. What I don't... the fuck are they thinking? <laughs> Come on, people. Get a grip. Okay. Lots and lots of hungry people in the world. Lots of them living in this country. Hmm? Lots of homeless. True. Lots of people you're stepping over on the sidewalks downtown L.A. Could use a handout. But I had to put some comedy since we're Well, yeah, I know. But, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Well, in a terrifying way, it's kind of funny that they knew how much it would cost. 
Or maybe they just made that number up. Maybe. Maybe they figured people like me would go, how much is that? <laughs> Quadju? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, um, I, you know, if I was the guy in the government that had to answer that letter, I would have been so pissed because I'd be going, people, we have important problems here to deal with. Real, real problems. Real problems for real people in your world. Well, no, apparently not in your world, <laughs> but in the world, okay? We have real, real problems to deal with here. Uh, they, maybe they have a guy that, that you know, a government aide-de-comp that, that does this kind of interference. Right. Who doesn't have an important job to do. Bless his heart, the poor son of a bitch. <laughs> and, and he's the one that has to deal with these idiots that, that take up his, that would take up... For God's sakes! I was wondering if they're the same people that got together back in 2000 and made Jediism the real religion. That that happened. Yes, it did. You know, it, there's there's an advantage to being unaware, okay, of a lot of things. See, I didn't know anything about that, and I and I don't think I'm any the worse off for not having known. <laughs> in fact, I think I'm better off for not having known. Yeah, Jediism. Or being a Jedi is, in the United States is considered a real oh, religion. A religion. Well, yeah, you know, in, in, in the loosest interpretation of the word religion, that's cool. Okay, that's cool. Because I'm, listen, I'm nothing if not a diehard, you have the right in this country to believe whatever you want person. As long okay? as you don't hurt nobody. As long as you don't hurt you can hurt yourself if you want to, but don't hurt anybody else, okay? You and 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 if it's just a matter of believing, by God, you can believe Lint is God if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm so good with that. Don't don't come and sell me any Lint, okay? Or try to help me go to the Lint Church because I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, uh, and you know the sign I have on my door. Yes. Okay. My neighbor across the street just read that the other day when he came to pick up his dog. He's laughing his head off. He thinks it's hilarious. Uh, but, you know, I'm all in favor of people believing whatever they want to believe, doing whatever they have to do to put that foot in front of the other foot. Right. Breathe in and out and get through the day without killing anybody, without ruining their lives or their own. I'm all in favor of it. Whatever it takes for you, do it. Just don't hurt anybody. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. I was going to say, as we're concluding this episode... Or concluding, even. Yes. <laughs> we actually made it through without you being philosophical. Did you realize oh, that? Oh, no, we didn't. I had to have been at least once. I was just then. What are you talking? Of course I'm philosophical. I, I was being sarcastic. Myself. I know. I know. I can't help it. I, I don't know what it is. I'm old. Old people are philosophical. Well, what else have we got? Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> anyway. That's it for this week. That's it. Oh, thank God. We're done. Aren't you glad? <laughs> <laughs> you, the listener, I'm sure. Dan, thank you for your email. Appreciate it. Stevie, never thank you online on uh, podcast for your email, but thank you. I don't think I did anyway. But if I did, thank you again. That's two. You That's know what it. they say. 
Mm, I know what they say, but I never can remember it. Me neither. That's why I went. I know they said, I. They, what they said is, I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S.A. Burbank. And remember, what happens in Burbank ends up on a podcast. That's what they say. Yes. <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. I still think the Americans should make a Death Star. I want to be the commander of that Death Star. You do not have the ability. I so do. You do not. I do. Watch. Not working. Force choking. No. I just don't know it no. yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will feel the effects of that force choke when I. You know what? Like forty years from now. No. Next Monday when you're doing your MMA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I'm helping that guy. Right oh, now. that's what it is. All right. No. Yes. No. 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 The guy that ran the Death Star didn't do this. Well, that was Grand Moff Tarkin. Oh, you are lost so many oh, key there goes points. My Star Wars points. That's right. Actually, I'm going to get him back because what I want to control. Is the SDSD Sigmund Freud. Or sorry, SDSD Freudian Nightmare. Sigmund Freud. Again, okay, you, you give with one hand and then you take away with the other one. No, no, no. You look that up online. No, no, no. SDSD no. Freudian Nightmare. Super Star Destroyer. Super Duper Star Destroyer. Oh, I think we talked about yeah. this. You showed us a picture. It's super duper. Things like 80 miles long. All right. Different territories. Okay. The thing of it is. You said this SDSD Sigmund Freud. I know I messed that up again. So again, you're you're already trying to dig out of that hole. Yep. No, it's just not working. All man. right, let's go into our third and final one for today. All right, good. It's, uh, another oldie, but a goodie. Okay. I feel like it should be on a '50s radio station. Doing a sock hop. Yeah, we got an oldie but a goodie here for you. <laughs> but this is another canceled show. I don't know why it canceled. canceled. True. Yeah. Or ended, I guess I should say. So Dave must be a hard ass when it comes yeah. to... Uh, well, after he listens to these, we won't be doing them anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I said when I... The plan is working. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I tried when I, I emailed Dave after we did the very first episode. So, what'd you think? Really good. I went, God oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we cut our own throats. Mm. All right, this one is Saturday Segments number 12. Wow. Felt a little conflicted reviewing this one because, well, it's a movie show. Yeah, what the hell, Dave? That steps on our toes. Well, it's ended, so. Yeah, so technically we have nothing to fear. Yeah. I think uh, I think we supplanted that one. Yes. Sorry, Larry. Yeah. But this one, number 12, I'm Batman. This Where's week. Rob. I know, but I like to say that. Oh. oh, you even dressed up like Batman. I for did, the actually. Yeah, that's right. At the cosplay. <laughs> no, actually, it was more deflator mouse than... I was. Those ears, man. Yeah, you need to uh, Viagra your ears. <sighs> Rub the blue pill all over them. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh. This week marks the return of Saturday Segment's own Larry Walton as he pulls up to the mic to explain where he's been and the full-on review of everything Batman. Mm-hmm. You can never get enough Batman. No, and it seems like his shows kind of reflect our TV part, uh, attempts. You know, they focus on a topic. Yes. You know, as yeah. opposed to a box office. And Broad spectrum. We, we, so we, we paint with a wide brush. Yes. Instead of guys like Larry, get in there with fine, mm-hmm. fine detail of the situation. Exactly. So uh, we could welcome Larry back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there, there's always a niche for everybody and everything. Exactly. So Don't step on our toes. Yeah. Tuesday's ours. That's right. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Here you go. Saturday segments number 12. I'm Batman. Well, hello again. 
This is Larry Walton, and I welcome you to another Saturday segments. I was gone um, for a couple weeks. Uh, actually, more than that, the reason being is uh, my daughter's boyfriend um, was killed in an auto accident last month. Um, we are not sure what happened to him or why. Uh, we're not sure, really sure what happened. Um, apparently, he was coming home to our house. Um, he was visiting his adopted family uh, in Atlanta, California. And for some reason, he decided uh, to walk home, which is quite a distance from the Atlanta to here in Speria, where we're at. We're not sure of all the details or what happened to him, but um, you know, <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to talk about. Uh, I've known him, his name was Gerald. I knew him for three years, because that's how long that he and my daughter Becky were gotten burned knew each other. Um, he lived with us in our home. He really, ne he really never had a family. Um, his father died when he was a baby and his mother uh, was killed when he was five years old. He was adopted uh, by the Cannons. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember Cannon who made the uh, dish uh, towels and, and uh, washcloths. He was adopted by them and then later on in his life um, something happened. So when he was around 15 years old um, this other family uh, adopted him and he lived with, lived with him um, up to the time where he met Becky and he uh, online because at the time my uh, my daughter was in, was in the process of getting divorced from her first husband. So they got to know each other and they met and he moved up here. His adopted family moved up here. And he didn't really want to live with them so he moved in with us. and. Uh, for a while, he stayed in our our, our uh, travel trailer, and um, and then later on, uh, we were able to move my two granddaughters into a bedroom which I had, uh, which is now their bedroom, and Be Becky and Gerald moved into. Uh, the other bed, we have three bedrooms, actually four, counting my wife's bedroom. <clears throat> so he moved in and, you know, and um, he was with us ever since. So it's kind of hard to imagine somebody you've only known, you know, you know, got to know for a while, and then they're not here anymore. So um, right now we're waiting on the death certificate death certificate um, and then we could plan for his memorial he wanted to be cremated 
he told Becky that, that he wanted to be cremated, my daughter Becky, so, um, he's going to be cremated, and then, um, sometime earlier, later this year, we're going to out to the ocean, and he wanted his ashes spread over the ocean, so that's what we're going to do, and then his ex-wife, want some of his ashes um, sent up to Chicago and they want to do a memorial up there for him in Chicago so that's what we're going to do um, should be happening here pretty soon so anyway um, that's what's been going on with me um, and our family so that's why I haven't been uh, doing these segments for a little while. Okay, moving on. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about a couple things. Um, like what's out on movie, the movies that are out this week. And uh, if I can remember what's out on DVD. And then I have had a request to talk about Batman. So I'm going to talk about Batman today. Um, I will give you the history of Batman, how Batman got started, then the uh, the movies that were made of Batman, and um, we'll go from there. So, um, <clears throat> let me look. I want to see um, what's going on as far as uh, what's out on DVD and and the movies this week. So anyway, I'm gonna look this up um, and see what's out there. I know one movie coming out called. Uh, it's with Halle Berry. It's called, uh, the name of the movie is called The Call. Um, she plays a 911 operator. And. Let me see here. I'm looking. Oh, I was going to tell you while I'm doing this. Um, if you have a Facebook page um, and you're interested, you go to my Facebook page. It's under Larry Walton. And you go to my Facebook page and look under pictures. And you will look for um, pictures of my Batman collection. <coughs> I have a... <laughs> I'm not going to brag or anything. I have a pretty substantial... Uh, a pretty substantial uh, Batman collection I've collected over the years. Um, I actually started out um, when I was a kid. Um, didn't really. I started a little bit because we couldn't afford very much, and then. Um, 
later on, I got into collecting more Batman uh, items. Actually, it started in uh, 1984 with uh, the superpowers uh, Batman and Robin figures and Batmobile. And I just grew ever since. Uh, now I've got <laughs> quite a bit now. Uh, if you're a Dancing with the Stars fan, uh, Dancing with the Stars starts again on Monday. And then if you're a fan of Warehouse 13, that starts, um, I believe, next month on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh! If you, uh, um, the show I've, I've gotten hooked on to, gotten hooked on, uh, called Robot Combat League. Uh, it's kind of, <laughs> how, how would you say, uh, if you remember the Rock'em Sock'em Robots, if you were a kid back then, it's kind of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, uh, to the extreme. Um, it's really cool. Um, it's a team of two. Uh, one does the controls the robot as far as moving it back and forth. The other person is the person who actually controls the robot as far as fighting the other robot. There's two robots and they fight against each other. They have uh, I believe it's one or I think it's two three-minute rounds or three three two-minute rounds I'm sorry and the best of both rounds goes on and competes uh, the next in the next level it's pretty interesting I kind of think it's cool it's kind of like like I said rock and sock and robots uh, <laughs> it's really cool it's a really cool it's a pretty cool show um, okay, I'm looking at top shows, um, looks like the number one show is So You Think You Could Dance, and then The Bachelorette, Master Chef, Family Guy, Saturday Night Live, NBC's Today Show, Desperate Housewives, The View, The Simpsons, Days of Our Lives, Friday Night Smackdown, Tonight Show, Bones, House, uh, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, Glee, Stargate, SG-1, uh, Nightly News, The Office, Modern Family, and The Real Housewives of Orange County. So that is what is out there as far as TV shows. I'm trying to find... Um, Movies here. I mean, yeah, movies are. I know that one I call talking about is called The Call. Um, that comes out tomorrow. I guess the movie uh, Oz, the Oz, the Great and Powerful, is doing really well in box office. Um, it's doing well. Um, I'm trying to see. 
I'm just still playing this by ear, so. And I guess most of you heard by now that Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher will be in the new uh, Star Wars movie, Star Wars Episode 7. Mark Hamill uh, has really, hasn't really made a decision yet. So we will see if he comes back as Luke Skywalker or, you know, he may or may not. We'll see. You know, he's the only holdout right now as far as uh, Episode 7. But I think they're going to start production this summer. Let's see. Oz the Great and Powerful. There's a movie called The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Ident uh, the Call Identity Theft, Dead Man Down, 21 and Over, Snitch, Jack the Giant Slayer, Safe Haven, Silver Linings Playbook, The, Wax the Last Exorcism Part 3, Escape from Planet Earth, A Good Day to Die Hard, Quartet, Dark Skies, and the doors live at the bowl in 1968. So that's what's going on. Um, uh, in theaters. Let me see. I'm trying to find. DVDs that are coming out. Uh, let me see. Then um, I want to get to talk. I want to talk about Batman. Um, I'm trying to find something here. talking about this, um, about Batman, I got to meet, last Saturday, um, I got to meet Burt Ward at a, uh, if, we're from, if you're from California and you're familiar with Seder Brothers, is at a Stater Brothers store in Phelan, California, which is not too far from here. I got to talk to him for a little bit. I got his autograph. My grandson, my uh, youngest grandson, and uh, my youngest granddaughter got to get his autograph also, which is pretty cool. Uh, also, there was somebody with a Batmobile there, so we got to sit in the Batmobile. That was cool also. It was fun. Uh, meeting uh, Bird Ward. It was really fun. I enjoyed it very much. I got some pictures. Also, if you go on my Facebook page, you can find my, some pictures of me sitting in the Batmobile. Okay, looks like movies, I'm 
coming out. They're mar they're out now. Uh, Lincoln killing them softly. Uh, parental guidance. A royal affair. A comedy. A collection. Day of the Falcon. Late bloomers. Uh, easy money. Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. Bangkok revenge. Union Square, cheerful weather for the wedding. This is 40, Les Miserables, The Hobbit, Zero Dark Thirty, Bachelorette, Rust and Bone, Price Check, okay, The Other Sun, Straight A's, Rise of the Guardians, Life of Pi, and Hitchcock are out week or this month. Let's see. One's coming out soon. Okay, looks like the same ones. Um, yeah. Okay, that's a repeat. <laughs> oh, here's one. John dies at the end. Freeloaders, Hitler's children. Okay. Um, I don't know what that's about. I don't think he had any children. <laughs> um, not that I know of, anyway. So anyway, that is what is out on DVD this month. Um, I understand that Life of Pi is really, really good. And I also understand that you have, if you watch it, you have to watch it all the way to the end. Um, for some reason, I don't know uh, what the reason is. Um, okay, must have some significance at the end. Okay, now without further ado, I am going to talk about Batman. Um, I'm going to talk about from the movies starting in 1943 back in 1939 Batman was created created by Bob Kane the first issue of Batman was in Detective, Co Detective Comics number 27 in May of 1939 um, and then later on, I believe in 1940 or 1941, they introduced Robin. Um, ever since, uh, it's been a uh, phenomenal, um, you know, phenomenon. <laughs> um, let me see, I'm looking at 1943 Batman. Uh, back then they called these movie serials. And what they would do is each week you would go to the movie theater, watch an episode of Batman. And that's 
and then they will leave you what they call cliffhangers. Um, at the very end of the movie, you will see something happening. You know, something happens, but you don't know what happens. Until you go back the next week and find out what happens to Batman and Robin. So, uh, 1943 Batman, um, the plot was a Japanese spy master named Prince Daka operates a covert espionage organization local located in Metropolis, uh, now deserted little Tokyo, which turns American scientists into pliable zombies. The, um, Looks like Bob Kane wrote it. The characters, yeah. It star Lewis Wilson, Douglas Croft, J. Carol Nash, um, and Shirley Patterson as Linda Page. Let's see, it says here in the first screen appearance, the Cape Crusader of Gotham City, belying the lethargic facade. Of his alter ego Bruce Wayne battles Dr. Daka, Japanese mastermind of a wartime espionage sabotage group. Daka has a radium powered death ray that pulverizes walls, a classic alligator pit to dispose of enemies, and can turn men into electronic zombies who do his bidding and transmit video signals to Daka's lab. Batman has no Batmobile, but there are plenty of bats in the Batcave. Yeah, what he used for a Batmobile was his own car. <laughs> um, until later on, when Batman first has Batmobile in the TV series. Okay, that's 1943 Batman. Now we'll find 1949 Batman. There was a long period, like six-year period between this one and the 1949 Batman. These are, by the way, these were made by Columbia Pictures. They uh, put these out. I'm looking at some photos. That's a great photo here. They were divided into 15 chapter serials. So for 15 weeks, you had to go back to uh, uh, see what happens to Batman and Robin. <laughs> okay, let me see. This one, they face off against the wizard, a hooded villain with an electric device which controls cars and a desire to set challenges to the dynamic, dynamic duo whose identity remains a mystery throughout until the end. The stars were Robert Lowry as Batman, Dun John Duncan as Dick Grayson. Oh, the first Robin was Douglas Croft, by the way. Did I say that? I may have. Jane Addams as Vicki Vale. Larry Talbot as Commissioner Jim Gordon. Ralph Graves as Winslow Harrison. Let's see, Don C. Harvey Henchman, William Fawcett as Professor Hamill, 
Leonard Penn as Carter, Hamill's valet, valet, the wizard. Rick Ballin as Barry Brown, a radio announcer. Michael Whalen as Duncan, investigator. Greg McClure, henchman. House Peter Jr., henchman. A lot of henchmen in this movie. Eric Wilton as Alfred. He was uncredited, by the way. And uncredited as Jimmy Vale, Vicky's brother, and henchman. Okay. Like I said, there's 15, 15 uh, episodes. So you would have to go back each week for 15 weeks and watch all these watch all these um, movie serials. Looks like it came out in May of 19 May 26, 1949, which was the 10th anniversary of the release of the first Batman comic. Oh yeah, it also introduced the first bat signal. It was kind of a small device, not what we're used to with this big searchlight, with the bat symbol on the searchlight. Um, Commissioner Gordon would put it in his office window and flash the bat signal. And he would do this during the day. I don't know why, you can't see it during the day, so... Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, the utility belts uh, were replaced with normal belts with no pockets or pouches. So they just were everyday belts. Uh, no Batmobile, but they used a limousine. Uh, it was a 1949 Mercury. Also said the costumes had poorly fitted cowls, and the Robin costume added pink tights to cover the hairy legs of both the actor and the stuntman. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Yeah, remember these are black and white; they weren't color. Uh, the serial was released in 2005, time to coincide with the, theor- the theatrical release of Batman Begins. So this came out in 2005, the same time Batman Begins, uh, the DVD came out in 2005, I should say. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, like I said, these are black and white. Uh, no color till 1966. I don't know if you remember Lyle Talbot, but he was uh, the neighbor of Ozzy and Harriet on the old Ozzy and Harriet show. He played their neighbor. So anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Like I said, uh, it came out 10 years after the release of the first Batman uh, comic book. 
Something I thought that was interesting. Okay, uh, now we're going to talk about moving forward to 1966 with Batman on TV. I was 12 years old. I never heard of Batman. Honest, I never heard of Batman, didn't know who Batman was. Um, and uh, at the time, ABC was having uh, low ratings. So they decided to put Batman on two nights a week, Wednesday and Thursday nights at 7. Back then, I lived in Texas, so it was at 7 o'clock. Um, it was a huge success the first night. Uh, it was the first episode was Hey Hi Diddle Riddle, smack in the middle. Same concept with the uh, cliffhanger, where you had to tune in the next night see what happens. The Riddler is played by the friend, by the legendary Frank Gorshin. Uh, Batman was Adam West. Uh, Burt Ward was Robin. Uh, Alan Napier played uh, Alfred. Madge Blake was Anne Harriet. And the reason she was in this because they didn't want to give the people an idea that men were living in the same house. So, just men were living in the same house. And that's when they introduced Anne Harriet. Uh, Neil Hamilton, Commissioner Gordon. Stafford Rep. Uh, <laughs> Chief O'Hara. I'm sorry. Uh, it just went off like gangbusters uh, for 126 episodes. Uh, it also spawned uh, memorabilia you could buy. Um, Probably was not even heard of back in the 40s, um, unless you actually bought <coughs> something um, that they had promotions at movie theaters. I don't know. Anyway, um, originally they were going to put the Batman movie out first to introduce the characters, but with ABC's low ratings, they decided to put the TV series series on first. And then that summer, July, they put the Batman movie out. Uh, the Batman movie... had um, Cesar Romero as Joker, Burgess Meredith as Penguin, Lee Merriweather as Catwoman, and then Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. They were going to have Julie Newmar but she had other uh, commitments to do, so Lee Merriweather took her place um, in the Batman movie. Great movie. Um, it was filmed out here in California. Um, the scene, if you've seen the movie, the scene with the, the harbor, that was filmed up in Santa Barbara. The scene where Batman is... is uh, trying to get rid of a bomb, the bomb that Penguin left. That was filmed up in uh, Santa Barbara. And then the movie also introduced uh, 
Besides the Batmobile, which you saw in the TV series, it introduced the Batcopter, the Batcycle, and the Batboat. The Batmobile, which was sold in January for $4.6 million, was designed and built by legendary customizer George Barris. ABC came to him and said, we needed a car for our TV series in two weeks. So, George Barris had to come up with a car. And what he did, he bought the 1955 Lincoln Futura from Ford for $1. He took the Futura, stripped it down, redesigned it, and made the Futura into the Batmobile. Um, there's a lot of replica Batmobile, Batmobiles out there. Like I said, I sat in one when I saw Burt Ward, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago now. Or was it last, it was last weekend, that's right. So, um, anyway, they show, uh, if you get me TV on Saturday evenings at 7, they show Batman on me TV. So anyway, that is the first one. Uh, still popular today. A lot of collectors, including myself, have a lot of Batman stuff they collect. Uh, I have quite a bit of stuff. I'm looking over my shoulder to my left. I have a lot of Batman stuff. <laughs> so, after the... Batman series went off the air in 1968. They introduced uh, uh, Filmation put out um, animated versions of Batman. Uh, they also did animated versions of Superman. I believe they did The Flash. Uh, Aquaman, uh, they did a lot. Uh, they did that for a while after the Batman series went off the air. And much after that, they did uh, the Super Friends. Um, later, they did the Super Powers. Um, they did even one with Scooby Doo. So. But this was later on. Uh, uh, you see, I'm reading here uh, about other concepts, like they were going to produce. Um, they were talking about producing a Batman in outer space film. Um, Nineteen seventy-nine. They were going to do one. They were going to make a film, oh, they were going to do one after Superman came out in 1978. Uh, Universal Pictures, but they turned it down. This was 1979? Looks like. There was a long period between uh, that time and 1989 when Batman came out. 
see. Trying to see what else. I'm just kind of reading here about the interesting concepts they were going to come up with. Okay, moving forward to 1989, which was the 50th anniversary of Batman. The Batman movie came out. Uh, Tim Burton directed it. I remember there's a lot of controversy about Michael Keating, Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne Batman. Because uh, Michael Keaton was a comedic actor, and they would, they thought they wouldn't, they thought he wouldn't make a good Batman because of his uh, comedic roles. But it turned out really well. The movie star Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Uh, Pat Hingle played Commissioner Gordon. Billy Dee Williams was Harvey Dent. Uh, why can't I think of her name? Kim Basinger was Vicki Vale. Huge success. I mean, it looks like it made uh, it made over four hundred million dollars that year. Now, Robert Wool played uh, Alexander Knox, a newspaper reporter. So anyway, uh, it was a huge success. I liked it when I saw it. Okay. Three years later, Batman Returns came out. This had uh, Michelle Pfeiffer played Catwoman. Danny DeVito played the Penguin. And Christopher Walken played... Max Schreck. Um, Max Schreck's name was name uh, Tim Burton got because uh, the actor who played uh, Nosferatu the vampire in the silent movies of the 1920s. His name was Max Schreck. Well, that's where he got his name from. Um, uh, it was a good movie. I liked it. Um, it says here that uh, it was criticized for containing violence and sexual innuendos. It was a good movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer made a, a great Catwoman. Uh, Danny DeVito's character. Um, the way they made Penguin. Um, too, uh, too gross. 
Um, I don't know. If you've seen the comic books, which I'm sure you have, and you saw the TV series, Danny DeVito's Penguin did not look like Penguin in, uh, at all. I mean, <laughs> kind of, uh, gross, if you ask me. It was a good movie, but, um, the character of Penguin, well, Tim Burton has a dark sense of humor anyway, so, I didn't really care for his character. I liked you know, what the character looked like. Okay, moving on. Three years later, we have Batman Forever. That starred uh, Val Kilmer. Um, Tim Burton didn't do this one, so it was Joel Schumacher, who directed this. Val Kilmer was Batman. Uh, Chris O'Donnell was introduced as Robin. Jim Carrey as the Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. And then uh, Nicole Kidman played uh, Chase Meridian. Uh, she was a psychiatrist. It was a good movie. Uh, I liked it. Um, you know, I'm not, that was good, the, the, the plot was good, the movie was good, everything was good, um, I enjoyed it. Next, two years later, Batman and Robin, 1997, uh, Val Kilmer did not return as Batman, so they got George Clooney to play Batman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze, and Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy, and Alicia Silverstone played the Batgirl, and then Chris O'Donnell came back again as Robin. It did receive a lot of negative reviews. Um, they said it was too toyetic and too campy and for homosexual innuendos ended by Schumacher. Um, I wouldn't agree. Uh, I didn't really care for it. It was kind of, uh, I don't know, I didn't really like it. For one thing, Bad Girl does not have blonde hair. <laughs> and she was not Alfred's niece. Alfred was played by Michael Goff. Goff, couple of his name. Of course, Bat Hingle was then in all of these movies up to 1997. So, uh, it just wasn't that great a movie. I didn't think. Um, so we'll be moving on here. It looks like there's going to be another movie called Batman Triumphant for a fifth film. So the Joker will return as a hallucination in Batman's mind 
caused by the Scarecrow's fear toxin. Harley Quinn appeared as a supporting character written as the Joker's daughter, trying to get revenge on Batman for the Joker's death. Mad Hatter, uh, also a supporting character with written with a similar story of Edward Nigma and Batman Forever. Uh, but since Batman and Robin had negative reviews, they didn't make it. So, so they did. They decided to make a live-action Batman Beyond film, but they were going to see failed. Warner Brothers was unsure of their plan for Batman Triumphant. The studio decided it was best to consider a live-action Batman Beyond film. Uh, anyway, so now we'll move on to there's another one here called Batman Dark Knight. Um, during a vengeful confrontation with colleague Dr. Kirk Langstrom, uh, this is Crane, Dr. Crane, initiates Kirk's transformation to the creature known as the Man-Bat. And Bruce Wayne becomes, becomes Batman, declares his name. Uh, so that was another concept. There's other proposals, Batman Year One and Batman Beyond. Uh, Batman versus Superman. So those are concepts, their ideas, but they never came to be, as you might say. Um, <clears throat> so we'll be moving on here to the Christopher Nolan series. Nine two thousand five with Batman Begins, uh, starring Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, Liam Neeson as Rochelle Ghoul, and Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow, and Katie Holmes was Rachel Dawes. It was a good movie. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, Commissioner Gordon was played by Gary Oldman. Well, he was Commissioner Gordon until later on, but uh, so I should say that Gary Oldman was Commissioner Gordon. Uh, he was first Detective Gordon, and then later became Commissioner Gordon. So uh, it was a good movie. Uh, I liked it a lot. It made over three hundred seventy-two million dollars worldwide. Uh, it also introduced a new Batmobile called the Tumbler uh, and a more mobile mobile bat suit. Um, I liked it. It was a good movie. I liked it really good. I liked it really well. It was a great movie. Moving on, 19, 2008 was The Dark Knight. Uh, Christian Bell came back again as Batman. Heath Ledger as the Joker and Aaron Eckhart as Harvey Dent 
slash Two-Face. Um, as you know, most of you knew, well, as you know, Keith Ledger died uh, from a combination of prescription medication. So... It was a good movie. I liked it. Aaron Eckhart, yeah, he became Harvey Dent in that movie. But he was killed off. So, it was a good movie. I liked it. It was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. I liked all of, except for the Batman, 1997 Batman movie. All the other movies I liked, uh, from Batman to The Dark Knight Rises, which came out in 2012. So. Speaking of which, um, The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Christopher, I mean, Christian Bale again. Uh, Tom Hardy was Bane. Anne Hathaway, Selena Kyle, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt was cast as John Blake, and Marion Colatard was cast as Miranda Tate, who turned out to be Rasha Gould's daughter in the movie. That was good. I was kind of uh, uh, kind of disappointed that. That's going to be the last one that uh, Christian Bale is going to be in. And Hathaway made a good... They really didn't call her Catwoman. Um, but she did have the cat suit on. Uh, it was cool watching her driving the bat pod. <laughs> the bat pod was introduced in the Dark Knight uh, after uh, the Batmobile was wrecked. And also introduced the bat, uh, called the bat, Batman's flying vehicle. Um, so now, um, we'll see what happens. Um, there's talk about uh, a Justice League movie. Uh, It was rumored that Christian Bale would be back as Batman, but he said that he would not, he would, that he would do another film if Nolan was attached to it. But Christopher Nolan's not going to be attached to uh, this Justice League movie. So, there we go. Cesar John Gordon Levitt later revealed um, there might be a spinoff, but he said it was really the conclusion of Nolan's Batman series. Anne Hathaway said she would consider being doing a solo Catwoman movie if Christopher Nolan were involved in it. So, there's always possibilities out there. You never know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Um, uh, let's see. Other movies. Uh, most of these were... Uh, these are animated originals. The Batman... 
That was a TV series, uh, Batman Beyond TV series. Uh, Batman the Animated Series later became The Adventures of Batman and Robin uh, TV series. Here's one, Batman vs. Dracula, one direct-to-video. Uh, Justice League 2008, Batman Gotham Knight. Uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Justice League, Batman Under the Red Hood. Superman, Batman Apocalypse, Batman Year One, Justice League, Justice League Doom. And Batman the Dark Knight Returns. Um, these are all movies that were that's going down the list here of uh, of the cast of Batman of Batman movies. Um, it looks like Robert Swenson was I forgot about Bane being in that movie too, and the nineteen ninety seven Batman movie. And also Ken Wanakabe uh, as Rasha Ghoul. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I was reading some of the other characters like in the Batman movie, Commodore Schmidt Lap was Reginald Denny. Admiral Fang Slicer was Milton Trone, Bluebeard. Uh, Alexander Knox, Robert Wall. Carl Grissom, I forgot Carl Grissom in uh, Batman movie, Jack Palance, Bob the Goon, Tracy Walter, Eckhart William Hootkins, who was in Star Wars Episode 4. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, and Batman Forever, Sugar and Spice, Drew Barrymore of Sugar, Debbie Major with Spice, uh, William Earl, Rucker Howard, the Batman Begins movie, Katie Holmes, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was Rachel Dawes in the second uh, Batman, Batman, the Dark Knight movie. Um, Let's see. I'm just going through all these different. Um, yes, Kevin Conroy, excellent voice for Batman. I'm just looking through all these different. Alfred Zimbalist Jr. Uh, did the voice of uh, Alfred in the animated series Batman. Bob Hastings was Commissioner Gordon. Uh, Robert Costin. Costanzo was Harvey Bullock. Talk for Harvey Bullock. Um, just a lot of. Oh, yeah, Mark Hamill. Talk for the Joker. And the animated series. I'm just going through these different. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, that is my uh, rendition, or I should. Oh, here we go. Animated, te animated television series, The Adventures of Batman, The Batman Superman Hour, The Batman Tarzan Adventure Hour, The New Adventures of Batman, Batman the Animated Series, The New Batman Adventures, uh, Batman Beyond, The Batman, Brave and the Bold, yes, and there's a new one coming out called Beware the Batman. 
And then animated films, Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Mr. Freeze, Sub-Zero, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman, Batman vs. Dracula, Gotham Knight, Under the Red Hood, and all sorts, all sorts of different ones. So anyway, that is my little, uh, I guess you call it, um, review of Batman. There's still a lot of possibilities for Batman out there. Um, I think they're waiting to see how the new Superman movie comes out, Man of Steel. And if that does good, then they'll go on with uh, the Justice League movie. There's been rumor that, like I said, Christian Bale will play Batman, but it's not that's not true. Uh, there'll probably be a new actor who plays Batman. We'll see, just like um, the Avengers movie, uh, after they did uh, the other movies, Thor and Captain America and Iron Man. We will see what happens. So, once again, I thank you for listening to me uh, ramble on about my favorite uh, superhero. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, keep listening to our broadcast on Jay Zoman. And uh, thank you for listening to me. And I will talk about something else next time. I don't know what. But till then, talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Welcome back. That was cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see, okay, I would definitely welcome Larry back because he does. He did. focuses on the oh. topic. What's the matter? Nothing. I just I just saw your screen go black. I thought maybe you'd... Because uh... I hadn't touched it in a while. Oh, I... well, uh... oh the computer. Go ahead, go Never ahead. mind. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. I've got some stuff to say. <laughs> no, no, not really. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll just end this one then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Flashback Friday. Yeah, thank you. Uh, God willing, we might not be here next week. Oh, uh, please, Dave, fire us. <laughs> so we will see you next Friday. Bye. Bye.